Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the final 2018 episode of the Title Town Podcast. Yeah. Merry Christmas to all of you out there. Happy New Year. Yeah. Uh, we got a lot of fun stuff to cover. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Pats and Josh Gordon. Yeah. Uh, the NFL playoff picture and kind of where the Patriots are heading. Yeah. How take they could a, sneaky be a number one seed Here's still. a piece of advice. Take an Advil now. Because when we start talking about the seating situations, it gets you can get your wires crossed. So just just write it down. It's very beautiful mind shit. Pour you yourself can figure a drink. Yeah, uh, but it should be pretty good. Uh, and as we head into the new year, if you want to call us and maybe share some of your highlights from 2018, please feel free to leave us a message um, at the Title Town Sports Podcast Hotline. Yeah, number there nine zero four eight seven TT. P-O-D. We got a couple good calls this week. Excited to get to those. Uh, and you can give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all those things at Titletown Pod. Enjoy the show. Later. Hey everybody, welcome to Titletown. We are just coming off Christmas. Craig, how was your holiday? It was pretty good, Melissa. How was yours? A very nice. Nice. A lot of family. Yeah. I got some good presents. Same. A lot of family. Yeah. A lot of feedback on the show. Let me tell you. <laughs> Shout out to all my family members who... Uh, very vocal group. Yeah. Regular listener. Big segment of our listenership. Blood relatives of mine. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Not mine. They don't give a shit what I have to say. <laughs> they don't... I don't even think half of them know I do <laughs> Uh, yeah, holiday was good. Uh, and, uh, you know, glad to be on the other side. Got a little sick. So I sort of sound like mm. shit today. So bear with me there, folks. That's fine. Playing a little hurt. It's all good, though. <laughs> Still uh, in it, though. Yeah. And a lot happened this week. Yeah, it sure did. We should just uh, probably get right into it. Yeah. Let's get a little caught up here. So, uh, starting with the Patriots, eh? Yeah. Shall we? So they freaking finally <laughs> got to put on their well-traveled hats and t-shirts as they clinched the AFC East for the 10th year in a row by beating the buffalo bills 24 to 12 just those, missed covering that spread yeah yeah <laughs> those hats and t-shirts had traveled from presumably foxborough down to miami mm -hmm. up to pittsburgh and then went back, back to, to foxborough Round before trip. they were they able to be donned by the pats uh that was certainly you know although that was a big deal uh once it actually came it was not the biggest news coming from patriots camp this week uh, on Thursday last, so the day after we recorded our previous yeah, episode, thanks. unfortunately, uh, Patriots wide receiver Josh Gordon tweeted that he was stepping away from football in order to focus on his mental health. That was what we all woke up to on Thursday morning. Yeah. Uh, as the day went on, you know, drips and drabs of information, and we eventually learned that that may not have been entirely the only reason he was stepping away. Because um, what we later found out that she was handed an indefinite suspension excuse me, indefinite suspension from the NFL for violating the terms of the NFL uh, drug policy. And his uh, reinstatement from the league was basically like nulled. Yeah, when the details first came out, it was a little weird because like at first they said like, oh, he violated his reinstatement. And so I remember thinking like, oh, because like there were specific, like was he supposed to have like specific check-ins or like protocols? And then like later, later they were like, no, no, like positive drug tests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, and then, yeah, so obviously this is bad news for the Patriots, worse news for Josh Gordon, poor guy, uh, playoff picture starting to shape up in the NFL, but we'll have to get into more of that a little bit later on. But right now you've got Patriots who won the division, but definitely like gut punch of losing 
the player who had become their basically their number one wide receiver yeah. last week, and he's just gone. Yeah, vanished. Sucks. Sucks. Totally blows. Oh, I have a I have a big take on this for later on. Yeah, we'll get into that more later. Uh, looking at the Bruins, they played three games over the weekend. They beat Anaheim and Nashville, and then they lost to the Hurricanes before heading into their Christmas break. Um, in that last game, we saw Carolina wear throwback Whalers jerseys. And personally, mm. it felt a little forced to me. Okay. I didn't care for it. Sneaking some, some takes into the uh, <laughs> into the update, I see. Well, we're not going to talk about the Bruins later, and I wanted everyone to know how I felt about those Whalers jerseys. They're posers. Yeah, move on, Carolina. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. You don't even play in Connecticut anymore. Sure don't. Although, that would be cool if they did, if they were going to wear the throws, if they did a can, game there. Yeah, that'd be yeah. Wild. If they did the game there, I'd be like, okay, I'm cool with it. But it would just if be all Bruins it. fans just like it was when the Whalers were actually playing in Connecticut. Yeah, hence why they're not there anymore. That's would be and... a really accurate throwback. <laughs> Uh, you'd be like time machine yeah that. exactly right. anyways carry anyway on. uh the bruins will resume play tonight this is thursday the 27th at home against the devils who are last in the metropolitan division bad team yeah not great uh the most important headline out of bruins camp this week was the return of patrice bergeron against the predators uh he scored twice in that game and he is obviously a key component to driving their offense for the rest of the season looks like everyone else that's been out too um has been spotted at practice in like full contact mm -hmm. jerseys. So cool. that should be good news as people start coming back. Uh, in my weird stat of the week report. Sure. Tori Krug got his 200th assist this week, which makes him the Bruins assist leader among U.S. born players. It's not important at all. I just thought it was makes very. The Bruins, Bru the Bruins <laughs> assist yeah. leader among U.S. born yeah. players. So fucking specific. Why are you measuring that? How many other U.S. born players are even on the Bruins? No, all time. Oh, all, all time. time. All time. Not the current Bruins. Yeah, okay, that okay. would be so weird all if it was the current Bruins. Bruins no, all time. But only born among in the US. US born. Gotcha. Players, which, like, I'd be curious what percent makes of up, the NHL Makes up, is. like, yeah, I think it's like 20 or 25. Yeah, it's I mean, not it's high, high, but it's, yeah. No, Anyways. not as high as you would think for right, a sport right, that's right, predominantly right. played in the US. In the Well, in the North America, anyways. It's yeah. a shitload of fucking Canadians, obviously. Anyways, anyway. carry on. Uh, no, that's it. No, that's it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just wanted to leave you with a weird take. You couldn't, you know, trivia question. Yeah. And then the, the Winter Classic also is coming oh, up this yeah. week. So uh, New Year's Day. Last week, I inaccurately said that it was going to be played at Soldier's Field. It is not being played at Soldier's yeah. Field. It's being played at Notre Dame. N Notre Dame. Uh, against the Blackhawks. Yeah. So that'll be fun. That will be fun. I uh, forgot that was this week. My timeline's all screwed up. Because that's 2019. Yeah, this right, is 2018. Right, right. The Bruins, though, have a have a spotty record in these games. They have not played. I'll just say this. They're one and one in Winter Classic games. Yeah. They beat the Flyers in 2010. They got absolutely embarrassed by the Canadians in, I don't know, 12 or 13. That was the Foxborough one. Both games they played very poorly. They they happened to win the Philly game yeah, years yeah. ago. Because they both played like shit. But it was not a good game. They barely won that. It was one to nothing or two to one or something. So I am I I am gonna sit down again on New Year's Day, very excited <laughs> for this very cool thing that the NHL does yeah. and watch the Bruins. And I fucking really hope that they show up because they have a shit record. Maybe they're they're on the road. Less pressure, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know. You think playing it. Well, Notre Dame, I guess, doesn't necessarily have a big hockey tradition. It's big well, no, school, I mean, so. less pressure in the sense that, like, you're away. You're not your it's home, not your it's hometown, not you know, whatever. Right. Um, <clears throat> I like the Winter Classic a lot. I, I love the Winter Classic. I particularly like, you know, what its original six teams. Like, I think that's what the fan base is that it's designed for. Yeah, they're generally pretty good about keeping it. Yeah. Keeping Has it, it always it, been original six teams, Tito? Um, well, no, I have like it's, a vague recollection like, of some Southern team playing. It's original six plus, you know, your 
early NHL franchise. Like the sure. Penguins are not yeah, an original yeah. 16, right. but they've but, been around forever. Right. They're not know? the Predators. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you I mean, first of all, you need to be in a place where the fucking ponds freeze in the winter. But yeah, usually they keep well, it to like more story franchises. Neutralize. Yeah, that's game true. Like this. Nothing would really nothing would go over like Tampa, Phoenix <laughs> up in like Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan yeah. or something. That'd be just weird. Just all booze. Anyway. Um, yeah, so that'll be fun. Uh we have a we had a Celtics some Celtics news this week. It was a little bit of an up and down week mm-hmm. for the Seas. Uh they won two out of three, which is good. The last time we were recording, they had just lost to the Suns, which was awful. Yeah. They then lost to Milwaukee, which was also not good. Uh, And then they beat the Hornets and beat the 76ers on Christmas Day. Um, uh, That that game went to overtime. Kyrie Irving dropped 40 on the Christmas Day game, including a cut clutch shot at the end of regulation to tie the game and send it to OT. Uh, C's are now heading on a road trip to end 2018 and will play the Rockets, Grizzlies, and Spurs. Rockets are a, a bit of a parallel to the Celtics in that they had very high expectations this year and have been sort of struggling. But that game is tonight, Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Today's Thursday, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and interesting note about the Milwaukee loss is that after that game, the team had a private close-the-door meeting about their play and their expectations. Uh, players have not been revealing what specifically was said, but what they have what they have indicated that they discussed the inconsistencies in their play, and obviously they felt that this meeting was necessary. I also heard that they had a meeting immediately post-game from Milwaukee, and then they had like an extension of that same discussion the following day oh. uh, before the Hornets game, which they won thoroughly. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it. We felt pretty good, you know. They won eight in a row, then they lost three in a row, right? They lost. Yeah, uh, they, yeah. I forget who it was before the Suns, but it was like someone Suns, Milwaukee, and now they've won two in a row again. So I don't know. We'll have to see, but um, we'll see if this is the turnaround they needed. Philly game was cool. I mean, that was a good. That was a good showing. Yeah, good no Christmas Day it. game. Yeah. Kyrie Irving's whole extended family was there. Oh, is that true? Yeah, he was very excited to have the ball in the garden. That actually makes me feel less good about the forty points. <laughs> They ain't like going to be there every night, man. <laughs> Maybe they will. Maybe he just carries around with them now. Yeah, maybe. He can afford it. Uh, all all right. right. Buckle up for this news. Oh, the Red Sox. Literally so little happened in the world of the Red Sox this week. The, the first article on RedSox.com was JBJ working out in his Christmas pajamas. I, that's not even a joke. So you stupid. could go to it right now. And that's what's on so there. And stu- I was like, so stupid. fuck, there's nothing to talk about. Although I will tell you, Craig. Uh, that Andrew Benatendi's catch to clinch game four of the ALCS. I remember. Was named the top play of the year by the AP. Hmm. So a little feather in his cap. This of Christmas all week. sports or just baseball? Just baseball. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Big news. Yeah. Big, big, big week. That's literally all I got for you. Uh, how Alex many days till day? Ce- yeah. <laughs> celebrated <laughs> Christmas in Puerto Rico. Wow. Good for what him. else do you want to know? Yeah. That's, well, that's a fine. All I got. That's all I got for you. Yeah. All right. So. Where would you like to begin? Well, I guess we'll start with Josh Gordon, since that was kind of the big news. Yeah. And then we can talk a little bit about the playoff picture and kind of what things could look like for the Patriots. Sure. If that works for you. Sure. So, yeah, like we said in sort of the open there, I mean, he violated what I understand the same way as you is like the terms of his reinstatement into the league was not only is he obviously in like the NFL, like substance abuse, like drug program, mm-hmm. quote unquote, but like. I believe there was like specific restrictions on his him shit. specifically um, because for those that don't know, like he has been pretty open actually about his like substance abuse issues. And it's been uh, like smoking pot and drinking before games and like using codeine and like all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um, 
And I, I have a couple thoughts about this. One is that, you know, obviously it's a sad story, not just because he's like a talented person who could have a really amazing career in the NFL, who's not able to overcome his addiction issues to actually do that, but just on a human level, like anybody who, you know, their their his substance abuse issues are like standing in the way of him having a career. Right. You know, being I successful. Mean, it's obviously a sad thing. And we I hope that Josh Gordon can like find, you know, maybe like stepping away from the public eye and getting out of football is like what the answer is. I don't yeah. know. But hopefully he can get well. Secondarily, I also hope that like we don't know what the substance was. A lot of people I've been hearing a lot of talk radio, like people have been talking about it like we know for a fact that it was smoking weed where there has been no indication of like what these things are. Right. Like we don't know what the substance abuse thing was. I would be very frustrated if it was for marijuana. That would be like, like just think about it this way. Like I get it. He, he if, if like the terms of his contract says you can't smoke weed, right. you know, then the terms of your contract say you can't smoke right. weed, you can't smoke weed. Like you got to figure it out. But like, I don't know. I just think in the grand scheme of someone who has like such big, you know, issues with substance abuse you know you're he's literally in a state where it is legal to smoke weed you could go to a store and buy it you know as long as you're 21 like so that would be frustrating to me if like the final straw of his career the thing that like you know made the nfl push away from the table and just say you're suspended indefinitely from the national football league was like testing positive for pot I guess, but when you look, like, I get your point. Would that be frustrating to learn? It's just like, oh, he's well, smoking weed, so we banned him for life. I like, think what would be frustrating deal. to learn is that that was the thing he couldn't stay away from, like, of all the things out there. Like, I would be frustrated that weed was his demise for many reasons. Right. But mostly, like, I actually think I side more with your, your point about, like, it, if it's in the terms of your reinstatement that you can't smoke weed. Yeah. You, you can't smoke you, weed. You like, literally can't spend seven months not smoking weed. Like during the season, yeah. you know, they're going to test you. You know, you're in the protocol. Like you're going to get tested constantly. Everyone's watching you. You have to make the commitment. And like, he kind of said like, I, you know, this is what I want to do. And like, I want to come back and I can do this. And now I don't know. I would just be frustrated that he didn't have his addiction as under control or his addiction issues as under control as he kind of, portrayed it yeah i guess well we assume that he portrayed it that way anyways you know sure. i mean like in the sense that i'm sure there was a conversation about this when the patriots signed him right so one or can when o- the nfl reinstated him. yeah 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 i mean one can assume that he had made some sort of commitment to be like on the straight uh, and right narrow. and so like you know <clears throat> when you're recovering from addiction there's a lot of like routines and processes that they put into place for you and this isn't just josh gordon this is like mm-hmm. anybody and so you know he kind of made the decision not to follow whatever program he was going through and like use the support and resources that would be in place for someone in a recovery program. Yeah. And you got to believe that, you know, as much as you want to like separate the Josh Gordon, the football player and just make it Josh Gordon, the guy like on the, on the the flip side of that, you know, in terms of like feeling empathy towards him and, and sympathy for him and things like that. But like on the flip side of that is because you are an NFL superstar, like he does have, quite a bit more resources at his disposal right. to kind of like help him through this than any other average Joe. Right. Um, so I don't know. It's definitely like a frustrating story. The and, and I do think that like the NFL really at this point needs to take a look at what their drug policies are and just like figure out the weed thing, man. Yeah. Like I mean, in, in, in <clears throat> more and more states every day, like this is becoming not only like decriminalized, but also like 
fully legal. You could buy it in a store the right. same way you'd buy a bottle of wine. Right. So like we're really going to be suspending. I mean, like the NFL is willing to look the other way on like guys bashing their brains in and getting concussions that are going to kill them later in life in order to get them back on the field to have them right. have their stars be available. Like you can't also then look the other way on a harmless drug that's legal in a growing number of states right. to get your players on the field. Like, come on. Yeah. In the greater context of things, I totally agree with that. Yeah, like get the that NFL, shit get off the banned substance like, list. Just stop testing for it. Just stop testing for it. Yeah. Put it on the banned substance list if you sure. want. Yeah, actually, just, that's a good point. If that's like the you statement you want to make and you want to like, there are some people that are like diehard opposed to weed. Like you want to keep them happy? Fine. Yeah, you want to keep your fucking hard ass like right. people deep red Republican idiots. Yeah. Sorry, that's insensitive. Deep red Republican people <laughs> happy. Like that's fine. Well, fine. But, but then don't, yeah, don't, just stop don't testing test. for it. Just don't do the Don't test. change the rules. Change the test. And Good call. If you're not in the protocol, they only test you once during the off season. Sick. So, okay, you have to make it from February to like July. Yeah. Right? Without getting caught. And so a lot of guys just like don't smoke then or wait until they get their test and then start smoking. Yeah. I mean, again. I doubt that someone rolls up on your house randomly, like knocks right, on your door. Right. Like, they have to plan this thing. Like, right. They have to tell you they're coming. They have to, to know where you are. Go to freaking GNC, get one of those detox drinks yeah. and drink it. I, that's what I did when I was in high school and I was, I got drug tested and I fucking passed. I was smoking weed every day. Like it's not that hard <laughs> to pass one drug test for pot. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, actually fucking easy and the fact that they're not even testing them during the season means they don't actually give a fuck yeah, if guys exactly. are smoking weed during the season yeah we just need to get we got to move past that yeah so i've got to take on the gordon thing as it relates to the patriots specifically like so okay. all the human things aside yeah. just football wise like uh chris gasper from the boston globe wrote a really good article on the josh gordon dynamic with the patriots and he made a really good point which is that a lot of people are Looking at the Josh Gordon experience as like, well, it was low cost, right? We sent like a fifth and a seventh right. to Cleveland for Josh Gordon. Ah, I'm glad you said that. So he was like, his whole point was that like, it was low cost. That's true. But it's it was extremely high risk. Oh. And there's actually like, this was the worst case scenario. The way that this went down was the worst way it could have possibly played yeah. out. And the high risk, although it was low cost, and there's like a low financial, if you want to put it that way, risk. The risk was that Josh Gordon would actually become an important part of your offense. And then something oh, yeah, happens yeah. Okay. and then he's gone. Like that's a risk. R r leaning on a player who's so unreliable yeah. oh. is risky. And this was actually like the way, the the worst possible way it could have ever played out. Right. Because if he... 12 or whatever. Where were we? Week 14? Well, 15? Where the fuck are we? <laughs> week 17, baby. It's almost over. Yeah, but he didn't... He got, it was last week. Week 16. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Where in like oh, week after week, like you signed him and it was like, okay, here's a reclamation project. And yeah. the next thing you know, he's the leading receiver on the team. One of the few people that has actually like sort of Caught that like next gear, like <laughs> yeah. special breakaway ability like to actually like make a fucking play you know and then week 16 rolls along and he's just gone in like pardon the pun in a flash uh, <laughs> and now they're just like standing there holding the bag like yeah sure they only sent a fifth and a seventh to cleveland so like no big deal on the draft board but like this year this team like he had become an important part of the offense and now he's just gone like that i can't think of a way that that could have played out any worse yeah i guess you're right it would have been low risk if it didn't work out what they signed him in like week two like 
If he never got on the field, no big deal. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, if they if it was like Chad Ochocinco or Joey Galloway or any one of these, cut him or like Albert. He's out there as a distraction. Yeah, name some rando free agent that was like a reclamation project that didn't work out. Like that's a that's that would have been. I mean, it would still be high risk, but like that would have worked out better because then it's like he was functionally. It's like he was never even there. Right. Right. But in this case, he actually played or a big role. It works out, and he's on the team, and that's great. But like, yeah, the the and I remember hearing this on the radio too, not from Gasper, but from someone else. That like the the I think after the indie game, which like he caught that really long touchdown in that game, it was a bit of a breakout game for Josh Gordon yeah. early in the season. It the the discussion on the radio it was probably Felger and Mass because I listened to them constantly, and it was like okay. That's cool that that happened, but now it actually gets scary because now you're relying on Josh Gordon, who has been in the league for like five years now and has proved two things conclusively. He's incredibly talented and incredibly unreliable to actually stay in the league on the field. And like this fucking blew up in their face big time. I I hate to say it. But I guess you can look at it like, okay, so in this case he got suspended. But like, what if he'd blown an ACL? Right. Like, sure. It's, that's there with every player every week. We saw it happen like with, you know, Brady in 08 for like the biggest. Sure. One. Uh, but we've, we've seen like it happen Gronk with Walker. Yeah, yeah. Gronk is constantly like you want to talk about unreliable. Like he's on and off the field all the time with injuries, totally. whether it's his back or his forearm or ankle, whatever the fuck. You know, so like I don't think any one player can be like 100 percent relied on every single week like you have to build your offense and your defense around the pieces that you have each week and hope you have someone else there that can like fill in should you lose somebody whether it's suspension (laughs) injury yeah well i'm not saying like who knows i'm not saying they should have never done it like i'm not saying this worked out badly therefore it was a dumb idea like i'm not trying to go back like that but like just Looking at it the way that it played out, like yeah. I've been, I've been hearing a lot of Patriots fan types. Again, I list, I, I'm a chronic sports radio listener, so I, I hear a lot of this stuff where it's like, well, they only got a, they only gave up a fifth and a seven for him, so like, good riddance, like blah blah blah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I didn't realize that like what your immediate concern was is like next year's draft. Here I am worrying about <laughs> our team this year doing well in the playoffs. Oh, I didn't realize you were playing the long game caller to sports radio. <laughs> Apparently you just wrote off the entire 2018-2019 season because what you're worried about is the draft. I mean, and, and yes, Josh Gordon did not negatively impact our draft board that much. Well, even with Josh Gordon, have they really looked like Patriots teams of old? Oh, God, no. But the, I mean, so, I would have felt better about it had they... Still had him because he was looking. I mean, he was he was there. He was he was a he was yeah, a he was week in, in week out contributor. He was in the circle of trust very much so. So I don't know. I just yeah, like reading that like the whole like low cost doesn't mean low risk and and just realizing that like oh yeah, this is actually the nightmare scenario with Josh Gordon. He comes in, he makes your team better, he contributes, he's relied upon, he's gone. It's like fuck, <laughs> sucks, totally blows. Yeah. I was like oh, that was such a gut punch of a thing. It, yeah, it sucked the way he went out because you were you were starting to believe in him too. Like, uh, yeah, if that, this had happened absolutely. in week five, you'd be like, "All right, Josh Gordon strikes again, right?" He makes it all the way to week sixteen without an incident, and you're like, "Hey, maybe he is serious. Like, maybe he has turned things around. Like, maybe he's actually gotten the help that he needed." And is like, and they put his locker right next to Brady. Yeah, they did the, like, whole oh, show, the whole show, the whole thing, pomp and circumstance around bringing him here. But like, don't you want to believe that the Patriots have this like magical healing ability yes. for people? Like, I fucking do. But I've heard a lot of ex-Patriots players since this has all happened coming out and saying like, "I don't know why people have this belief." Like, 
they don't. They're no different than any other NFL team in the way they care for their players. And like, they have protocols, they have things there, but they're not like redefining the way you like care for addiction or like long-term injuries amongst other NFL teams. They say like, you know, success can be like helpful. Like you feel successful. You want to keep that going. You know, you have a lot of like big names on the team that maybe they help with a little bit of that accountability because you don't want to let those people down because they're people you've idolized. I think certainly the Patriots have, you could definitely say confidently that they have strong leadership from ownership, head coach, quarterback, like, the leadership on the team is definitely pointed in the right direction. But it's not like But that's not something that's not gonna they're fix doing. everybody's problems. Exactly. Exactly. It's not like organizationally they have this different way of handling, you know, people with addiction issues, injury that other teams haven't figured out. And so therefore people are able to be more successful. You named like five or six players that were supposed to be reclamation projects that came here and were like, nope. And yeah, I right mean, back there, and really, there hasn't honestly been. I mean, there was like Corey Dillon, Randy Moss, Randy Moss. were like two yeah. big ones early on. Right. Everyone and then thinks that's about when them. people thought the Patriots actually had like a healing, yeah, this a like healing magical. Ability. And like, truth be told, like you know, it didn't work with Aaron Hernandez. Uh, certainly, Yikes. that doesn't seem to work with Josh Gordon. <laughs> like, you know, these are the things that. And sometimes I do think that uh, I mean, Bill Belichick gets tons of credit up and down for all sorts of different things, which he deserves most of it. But like, I think more often than not, he gets what he pays for when it comes to like picking players. Like you paid a fifth and a seventh for Josh Gordon. You got nine weeks of a good regular season play out of him and now he's gone. So like, did you really like pull the wool over the eyes of the Cleveland Browns or did you just get what you pay for? Rob Gronkowski, you brought up earlier, fell to them in the late second round because he's clearly an elite talent. He might be the greatest tight end when healthy to ever play the game. He falls in the late rounds. Why? Because he's injury prone. Right. He had an injury history. And what is Gronk year after year? Injured. Hurt right. all the time. Same thing with Aaron Hernandez in that same draft. He fell to them in the later rounds yeah, also he had- because he had a checkered <laughs> past. And for about a year, everybody thought Bill Belichick was like reinventing the sport because of all the two tight end sets they were doing and yada, yada, yada. Right. And oh my God, he saw the talent through all the bullshit. And like, well, the guy with the checkered past committed suicide in jail. And the guy with the injury history is constantly hurt. So like, are you really that brilliant? Right. Or do you just... Chop in the bargain bin and you get and you get the most out of people while you have them. Like like, you just you get what you pay for. Like I don't know. Like show me Rob Gronkowski's overall production, including games like count the games he missed to injury as zeros. Right. Not as added that up. Not in the data set. Put him in there as zeros. And then show me Rob Gronkowski's production. Yeah, exactly. Against any other second round tight end. And like, I don't know. What's the diff? Right. Is he really that much better then? Right. I, once I, we fa- obviously haven't done the math. When My he's guess on is the field, no. he's fucking tremendous. Right. And if you but look at just his games played, the then those numbers are going to be blowing any second round sure. tight end out of the water. But yeah, put so- those put those put those missed games in as zeros, and I think in like that's yeah. a whole different equation. Yeah, you can't just give them an incomplete. You gotta right. like factor them in exactly. to something. They have exactly. to count somewhere against you. Yeah, and so so that's part of my frustration too. It's like, no, this wasn't, uh, and I and again, the Gasper thing like puts it right on the head, where it's like it wasn't low risk, it was low cost, but like this was a risky move, and it did not did not work out for the Pats. N- not in the long term. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Well, that brings me to the second thing that I want to talk about this week. Go ahead, because we are heading into week seventeen uh, with the Josh Gordonless Patriots. Yep. And the AFC playoff picture. Probably the NFC too, but I don't give a fuck about them. Yeah. Is like wildly unsettled. Yeah. Good parody in the AFC this year. It's insane. 
The Patriots have already backed their way into a two seed. Somehow. Uh, honestly. And could. Thanks, Eagles. Still. I know. <laughs> fuck you, Nick Falls. Uh, could still get the number one seed. If the Chiefs and the Chargers both lose this week, which isn't likely the oh, Chiefs are playing Oakland. Does it need to be both? Yeah. I thought it was just Chiefs. No, Chiefs and Chargers both have to lose. Oh. Well, the Chiefs aren't going to fucking lose. The Raiders are like the worst team in the league. I know. They put up a good show on their uh, Monday the night Broncos. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was Broncos watching the, uh, the John Gruden mic'd up from that. Oh, do they have a mic'd it's up? It's great. We were watching a little bit about that game at my parents' house. And like, I don't know, the, Ra- <laughs> the Raiders just were like, they had some crazy Broncos The punted. kickoff return? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, yeah. stupid. And I was like. Only in fucking Oakland. Yeah, but that's a classic like late season matchup with two teams that have nothing Stuff, to play for, yeah. and the team that gets up early just Wins. stays up. Yeah. You know, like I did not no team in that game had the had the like the uh, fortitude. Yeah, or to the or the caring anything. to overcome anything. Yeah, so yeah. the the fucking uh, the Raiders got an early lead and won the game. Great, you're three and eleven. Whoopty fucking do. I mean, I did see a sign. This was my favorite sign of the week. It was obviously in Oakland. I'm assuming it was a home fan, and mm-hmm. it just said. 2054 Super Bowl champs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's was, roughly uh, when John Gruden's coaching contract yeah. expires. <laughs> I just laughed when I saw that. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, the Chiefs are playing the suck ass Raiders. So who do the Chargers play? Do you know? I don't know off the top of my head. We can look it up. Keep going. Yeah. Uh, but if both of those teams lose, the Patriots end up as the one seed, which is disgusting to me. They have obviously have to beat the Jets. Like all of this is with the Patriots beating the Jets, which. And if, if they don't. Bad things happen. Bad, bad things could happen. They if fall they don't. to they something. I don't know to, what it is. They could fall to fourth. Yeah, fourth or fifth, depending on what other things yeah. happen. So here's the weirdest scenario. Well, the Chargers I, are at Denver. Oh, okay. So they're both playing crap teams. Yeah. It's all divisional games this last right. week, which makes sense. It's not necessarily divisional games that matter, matter in of themselves as a head-to-head, right. except for the Sunday night Colts-Texans game. Mm. That game, whoever wins goes to the playoffs. Yeah. And if the Tech. No, Colts, Titans. Did I say Texans? You I did meant. say Texans. Uh, Colts, Titans. Gotcha. If the Texans lose, whoever wins that game wins the division. Mm-hmm. If the Texans win, whoever wins that team, whoever wins that game gets the wild card. Gotcha. Is your I mind follow. sufficiently? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a little, you know, I'm a little uh, looped up on Dayquil and Nyquil anyway. <laughs> so like, it doesn't take a lot for me to like tie myself in a knot mentally right I, now. This but stuff, I, like, I think I'm on the same page. This stuff just interests me a lot because i look at it and like you said it like there's so much parody in the afc and to go into week 17 and have so many games yeah mean something is great for the nfl like roger goodell must be just yeah. jumping for joy that these games including the shit new england versus the jets mm-hmm. game matters yeah. they all matter like every game in the afc matters this week yeah i can't tell if there is actually more interesting late season playoff implications or whether the Patriots are just involved in them, and usually they're not. You know? <laughs> Fair point. Usually uh, they have the number one seed wrapped up, and we're like, whatever, suckers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, usually for the Patriots, it's like them and the Steelers, historically them and the Colts, them mm-hmm. and the Ravens, them and the Broncos. It's like them and the other, you know, teams. you know, the the carousel of like upstarty teams in the AFC that are good. It's them and the other, you know. But this year it's them and a few. I mean, K- Kansas City is the closest. It's not really like them and though. It's really Kansas City and yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah. I mean, for Patri- for the Patriots, they have to have to have to have to have to win. They have to win. Have to beat the Jets. Shouldn't be a difficult task. But yeah, I was also very wrong about the Josh Allen thing. 
Uh, oh, yeah. I was like, he's going to fucking run all over the Patriots. They're yeah, going to get sure fucking torched. They sure did not. Although the Patriots did not play great in that game. And if the Bills had a clue, it would have been much more interesting. I mean, they threw a couple of picks, had yeah. some dumb special teams play. Like, it was not a great game for the Pats. But if if Josh Allen was who I was making him out to be last week, then they would have been punished for it. But they're the Bills. Yeah, I, I just, it's, you, that's a good point about like is it always like this and we just never fucking pay attention right i think this is a higher degree i I think it's much more significant this year though yeah um because not no seed is clinched in the entire afc yet right right they're all still up for grabs and interesting any one of three teams could end up as the number one seed a whole bunch of teams could the Chiefs could end up being the wild card fifth seed instead insane. of the number one. That would be fucking crazy. I mean, if they lost to the Raiders, seeding aside, if they lose to the oh, Raiders, assuming they are trying in season. that game. They have to. They have to, I guess, right? They all yeah. have to, which means no one gets a rest game. Yeah, good for Vegas, too. Yeah. So everyone goes into the playoffs having played all 16 games. Right. So that bye really does matter a lot. Yeah, because even typically the Patriots can, like, phone it in the last week, Usually, right? Like, yeah. Brady only needs to play a half, like... You know, you want to make it a show. You yeah, know. I mean, it doesn't. If the Patriots had clinched the number one, like in years past, this game wouldn't matter to them no, or the a Jets. Hoyer, Hoyer game, so, yeah. for sure. So, but it's not now. Like it matters. Mahomes has to play. Well, all of a sudden, I can't think of the fucking Chargers quarterback. Oh, Philip Rivers. Thank you. <laughs> Rivers has to play. Like, whew, mental block. Yeah, it's I mean, a it big deal. Interesting. I mean, I, I think. I mean, if I if we had to pick it though, like I think the Patriots are going to beat the beat the Jets. Couldn't tell you. What, I think Scratch will probably hold. Right? Yeah, like, that's what I think. I don't see the Raiders beating the Chiefs. I don't really see the Broncos beating the Chargers. No. Assuming all these teams are showing up and trying, then I think Scratch is going to hold. Pats are going to wind up with the two seed, which means they get the first round bye. Just fucking stupid. And then second round home game. Yeah. Which is great. I They're going to finish 11 and five and get the bye. Fabulous. Who would have thought when they were losing all those games? I mean, not eleven me. and five is uh, still a good. Re- I mean, yeah, like not, most it's not a Patriots teams would be happy though, to be eleven right? and five. Like We're double like, digit wins is no easy feat in the NFL. Eleven, I know. That's it's not like nearly enough. Wins. What a disgrace! <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like that kid, like who would like get the B on his report card. Yeah, and he'd be like, "Oh, my mom's gonna kill me. I got a B." And you're like, "Are you kidding?" Nerd. Yeah, jump off a bridge, kid. <laughs> uh, but you, you know, how shitty if you're the four seed and like, who are you playing wild card weekend? The fucking Chargers. God damn it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, that's the thing. I mean, something that has been so key to the Patriots' dynastic run is being dialed in week in, week out, ending up with the best record in the AFC and getting that comfy, cozy road to the Super Bowl yeah. every single year. First round by and win two home games and then you're in the Super Bowl. Okay. Like, that's like, that's like their oh bread my and butter. God, roll out of bed. And half the time, that division round game, this is like what Dan Shaughnessy calls it, the tomato can game. That divisional round game, I mean, in the past, it's been the Tebow Broncos. Last year, yeah. it was the Titans. Like, it's been the Texans. Does It feels like dozens yeah, of times. Constantly like, coming up that divisional spread. round game is usually a total non-factor. So, like, really, like, really, it's win one serious game at home and you're in the Super Bowl. Like that's what it has been historically for the Patriots yeah. because that's built upon their like ability to just like show up week in, week out and not have these like, like the Steelers are like eight and six right they're now. They're not. They might the not Ravens, make the playoffs. If the Ravens win against the Browns. Yeah, well, the don't Steelers run off the Browns. Are, yeah, the Browns are Baker not Bayfield a pushover anymore. Pretty good. It just bonkers me. And then if the Chargers win, Kansas City gets the Chargers. And somehow the Patriots have avoided so playing one the best, of those two teams going to knock each other off, which is fabulous. Has actually worked out for you. Yeah, it's crazy. That would be 
Because because then the charge. Well, if assuming the, the six seed doesn't beat the three. All right, I'm officially all confused now. <laughs> so if the Chargers win, right, the Chargers would be the fifth seed. Yeah, they would play the four. Yeah, well, if the they three were the and fifth, six. If they're the fifth, they would play. They're a wild card team, which means they would play the fourth. I'm lost. So you seed one. Keep going. To six. Sorry, <laughs> you go one to six. But one, you don't go one to six. You do. No. Yeah. Because there's the the one gets a bye. I know. And the wild Wait, card I'm teams not done. You seed the teams one to six. Yeah. Oh, yes. One and two get a bye. Okay. Yeah. Six plays three. Yeah. Four plays five. Yes. The Chargers play four. Sorry, I should have never questioned you. I know. I don't. You're the one on <laughs> Dayquil. Although I couldn't remember Philip Rivers' name, so I don't really know which one of us is winning here. Right. So the Chargers play the four seed if scratch holds. Right. Which we both think it will. We will. The Chargers are gonna fucking bounce that team, assuming who ends up being six. Which, like, let's say it's Indy or Tennessee. Doesn't beat the Ravens. Yeah. The Ravens win. We get them. Right. Chargers win. Kansas City gets them. Right. That sucks for Kansas City. Like, all of a sudden, you actually got the second best team in the playoffs. Right, and right, you're right, the one right, right. seed. Because, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. I'm glad we... You, fu- you want I'm a flow chart? You want me no, to write it no, out? no, 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 no. <laughs> the I people don't. at home need to write I'm it I'm glad down. we got through that. I now have a fucking <laughs> popsicle you headache. Cut this all out because people at home are not going to be able to follow what the fuck we're talking about. Who would you be? A, who I almost said, who would you be a scared of? Who would you be scared of coming into Foxborough? The Chargers. I don't want to see them. You're scared of the Chargers? I'm more afraid of the Chargers than I am of the Ravens coming in. Oh, I'm just the opposite. Really? Oh, the Ravens terrify me. Oh, with their backup quarterback? Not the Joe Flacco. He's better. a first round pick. He's not a backup quarterback. I mean, he is by definition their backup quarterback, but he's not like a stiff Lamar Jackson. Okay. I, they, I have two reasons that I'm afraid of them. Okay, why? One, for the same reason I was afraid of Josh Allen last week, because I don't think run. the Patriots are able to stop mobile quarterbacks when they're being mobile, which yeah. Josh, Allen, Josh Allen was not. And two, I just think that like the John Harbaugh, Raven thing, like they are not institutionally afraid of the Patriots. They've knocked off the Pats plenty of times in the playoffs. Like the Ravens don't, the Ravens don't like shudder at the thought of. Belichick and Brady. I just think the Chargers are a more complete team. But I think they do shit themselves a little. I think they would shit themselves a little bit coming this into This iteration of them? Maybe. And with against this iteration of the Patriots, yeah. I think the Chargers would look at them as having holes and feel like with the team that they have, they'd be able to exploit it. I feel like the Ravens, this current grouping of the Ravens, don't have enough history together to not like pee themselves a little yeah when but they got the, the head yeah, you're right i mean it is a whole new team than it was in you know like 2010 when they came here yeah. and beat the shit out of the pats but like harbaugh harbaugh's the, the 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 continuity line there but we'll see i don't know i mean we'll see how that quarterback i'd be afraid of i'd be afraid of most teams coming in here because i just, yeah, don't, I I just don't think the page yeah. is that good i guess at the end of the day it's like we're not that great like, um, we should be nervous about any team coming through the door let me ask you one more playoff related question okay as it relates to the Patriots. do i have to do math again no no math how far would they have to go to meet your expectations for 2018. My preseason expectations? No, no, no. Your adjusted expectations. Your expectations right now. Oh, God. I'm kind of just excited that they're making the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> no, you cannot be serious. I think they have to make it to the AFC Championship. I agree. If they get there and they lose to the Chiefs. Particularly, yeah, I was going to say, particularly if it's the Chiefs, because that would presumably mean that it's on the road. Right. And, okay, you lost on the road in Arrowhead. But, like... If we're going to look at teams historically, God, the Chiefs suck in the playoffs. Right. We don't know Mostly about this, Alex this Smith Chiefs. sucked yeah, in yeah, the playoffs, yeah. though. So we'll see how Patrick Mahomes does in the playoffs. But uh, yeah, I think if they lose there, okay. If they get the AFC Championship game at home, though. 
that changes things. That changes Because that means it's not Kansas City. Right. That's, that means it's right. some You're other playing team a lesser, that knocked off Kansas City. Quote, unquote, lesser team, if right, you can even right. call them that, the way the Patriots have looked this year. Yeah, I agree. It's AFC Championship game or bust. They have to have to. If, if they wind up, you know. They lose. They the, will. They, they're going to fucking have that home game in the division round. They have to win that game. AFC Championship game. I have a hard time in any sport, regardless of how high your expectations are, uh, when a team gets to like the final four, so to speak, the conference finals, whatever you want to call it. Right, and you're sport. mad when they lose. It's like, like well. if you get to the final four, like it's hard for me to look at that season as a failure, you know? Well, particularly in a sport like football where you only play one game. Right. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, you can have a bad game and you're playing a good team, presumably at that point. Like, you've last right. four. Right. So, and the Patriots have been good at home. So, playing at home would be, yeah, obviously oh to their benefit. I'm just rooting for whoever's playing Kansas City. For sure, not because yeah, I'm scared be. of their of the team. I'm just I'd be scared of going on the road. Right. I mean, if some if Kansas City loses, that means the Pats have home field. So great. Could be insane. Yeah, and I'll take. I mean, you asked me like if I'm more scared of the Ravens or the Chargers. Like, well, at the end of the day, I'd probably still take the Patriots over any of them at home. Right. Yeah. Oh. Oh. True. For sure. So, uh, anyway. we got a couple calls this week. You want to get to those? Yeah. Let's hear them. And then we'll do the lightning round. Yeah. Sounds great. Actually. You know, we can just incorporate them into the lightning round. Okay. Because at least one of the calls is a question. Oh. So let's just say, you know what? Lightning round starts here. Here we go. Boom. All right. Here we go. Let's Call number it. one. Yeah. Hi, Craig and Melissa. This is Joanne from Arlington. Longtime listener, first time caller. I'm calling about Rob Gronkowski of the Patriots. And I'm wondering if you think he will do the right thing this year and retire. He's hinted at it, and he's been injury prone. So I'd love to know your opinion about Rob Gronkowski's future. Thanks. Okay. It's a sneaky two-part question. Yeah. Part one, do, do we you think, think the of... right thing to do is for Rob Gronkowski yeah. to retire? And part two, do you think he will retire? I think if he wants to preserve his legacy, he should retire. Okay. Because after the way he's looked this year, unless there's some like massive underlying injury that hasn't been disclosed that he could like recover from and come back to previous form. But if this is just like a slow deterioration and it's like a little tweak here, a little pull there, like he's just losing a step or two. And it's just a culmination of all of his previous yeah, injuries that the, they're all the, 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 the summation of all these nagging yeah, things is just like uh, an ineffective tight end. Right. I, then I think he's got to like, Hang up the spikes, like head to the WWE or action movies or whatever the fuck he's gonna do. So okay, part two, predicting. Do you think he will? No. Hmm. I think he'll think about it in the off season, and then the lore, it will like draw him back in. Particularly if Tom Brady's still playing. Interesting. I think if Tom Brady all of a sudden was like, "I'm out," he'd be like, "Me too." <laughs> like, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I don't think he will. I think he should, and I think he will. Oh, you think he will? I think he will. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Write this down. Let's see who's right. Like at this point, he's like under contract from the Patriots. They gave him this incentive laden co contract this year, that, of which I don't he's think he's not hitting, making like, any of it. Any. I'm sure he's getting something for like just games played. Like that's one incentive. Like I think yeah, he's I don't only know. missed one game, maybe two games. I don't know. Um, yeah, but I guess you're right. the 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 performance incentives, I can't he's imagine. Not, he's he can't any be of close. Them. Um, so I think he should retire. I think he's got prospects outside of football yeah. that are healthier for him. And 
I think he's done a good enough job of branding himself and all this stuff while in the league that he can parlay that to a nice career doing, I think, probably wrestling. I don't have any faith in, like, the acting thing. No, because he can't speak. No, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I think he should and will. Oh, interesting. Bold. Let's see what happens. All right, here's here's a call. Okay, angry. I'm a little upset about it. Yeah, I can tell. I feel your anger coming through. Hey, this is Pete from Arlington, Mass. I wanted to call and give my condolences to Craig, the biggest Philadelphia fan I know, for the big loss on Christmas Day to his previous favorite, Celtics. I know he switched to 76ers, and I'm sorry his guys Embiid and Simmons couldn't get it done. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, Merry Christmas to you, pal. For the record... I am no fan of any Philly sports team. My girlfriend is from Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and when she's rooting for her Philly teams, I root with her, assuming they're not playing a Boston team. But if they're playing a Boston team, I'm not rooting for the Sixers or the Flyers or the Birds or the freaking stupid Phillies. Forget that crap. Someone's going to show... I went. I also went to college in Philadelphia very briefly, <laughs> and uh, I did riot in the streets of Philadelphia when the Phillies won the World Series in 2008. Sure. However, that was more about an opportunity to riot than it was about cheering for the baseball team. <laughs> so just to be clear, the allegations are not true. All right. I don't have a hot take on that. All right. Good. I'm loyal. Good. No That's one questions right. my loyalty. <laughs> well, must be nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Here's some more lightning round stuff for you. Yeah. Uh Oh, this is a fun one. Yeah. This one goes out to uh, Ben in Framingham, who's called the show before asking about Boston College. I'll start with this. Uh, <laughs> so this week, for what I believe was the first time in Division One football history, an NCAA bowl game was canceled. Uh, the BC Eagles, Boston College Eagles, and the Boise State Broncos were all set to play in the, quote, first responders bowl. I don't mean to laugh because first responders is important. That's a silly name for a bowl game. Yeah. Uh, this was last Wednesday. So they were all set to play in the first responders bowl. But when unrelenting thunderstorms uh, swept into the Dallas area, and more specifically the open air Cotton Bowl Stadium, where the game was scheduled to be played, the two teams got a quarter of gameplay in before it was delayed, 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 and then called off. They played nine minutes and 52 seconds before lightning delayed the play. Uh, they spent one hour and 21 minutes waiting in the locker room for the signal to resume play. Uh, BC led 7-0, but officially the game <laughs> never happened. It's a no contest. Uh, and it's the first time in the century-plus history of Division I college football bowl games that one was canceled because of weather. And I'll also point out, it was in Dallas, Texas. I don't know how many football stadiums are in Dallas, Texas that can hold, like, I don't know, 20,000 people. Like, there was not a lot of people. This is obviously not a high-profile bowl game. but like It's not like the Rose Bowl. Yeah, like, it's, like there's got to be a dozen, yeah. you know, like... High school stadium, many of which Dallas. I'm sure are <laughs> indoors. You know what I mean? Like, figure it out. Move the game. So my question to you, Melissa, is this more embarrassing for BC, for Boise State, or for the organizers of this ball game? Well, I don't think it's embarrassing for either of the teams that played. Like, they didn't have anything to do with the situation surrounding the game. Right, but your bowl game got canceled. Well. That's like having your birthday get canceled or something. <laughs> like, yeah, just because it's not your fault doesn't mean it's not embarrassing. Well, I don't, but I don't think the teams have to be embarrassed about it. I think the organizers should be embarrassed for multiple reasons. One, the one you just made, fucking move it to an indoor stadium. There's options. Two, uh, weather is not a surprise at this point in time. Like, we Agreed. have a lot of models that predict weather. So if you couldn't move it somewhere else, could you have, like, moved it back a couple of hours or like moved it to Thursday. Like you're playing on a Wednesday. No one. Okay. If people are going, they're going like, I don't really. Yeah. Their strategy for dealing with the weather was praying to God. Yeah. Like that was a (laughs) poor strategy. And 
three, like you call it a no contest. You don't schedule a makeup. The first responders bowl just doesn't happen this year. That's shit. What a national tragedy that is. <laughs> well, I'd be pissed. Like you make it to a bowl game. You know, if you're BC, like you make it to the bowl game. And but that's why it's like, embarrassing because they just canceled it outright. <laughs> well, but that's not. <laughs> yeah. Like you're it's, not worth rescheduling we're just it didn't work sorry we're out yeah like well <laughs> it just didn't shake out this year totally good nine minutes thanks for giving it you're all there i don't know if i was the teams i wouldn't be embarrassed necessarily because you didn't do anything wrong except you know not being better to get into a better bowl right but uh i don't know i think overall there's too many fucking bowl games oh that's a whole different discussion it's a whole other topic and i agree anyway all right next uh this week an old friend of the pod, Christopher Price from the Boston Sports Journal, wrote an article on the Patriots' strength of schedule. The meat of it was essentially this. How did the Patriots stack up when it came to measuring which teams had the toughest slate this past year? Short answer to the question, despite the AFC East narrative, it wasn't all tomato cans for New England. Going into the last week of the regular season, the Patriots have a winning percentage of .714 against teams with winning records. That's the best mark in the AFC and the third best in the Saints or in the league. I can read uh, trailing only the Saints and Bears. As a reference point, the Pats were said to have the 22nd toughest schedule before the season began. Hmm. Which is not particularly high. No, it's not. <laughs> you're, you're taking keep it scored home. That's not good. Uh, does it encourage you to know that the Patriots have an above average winning percentage against other winning teams? Uh, not really. Here's why. Yeah. Because a lot of the teams that are, at least a couple of the teams that are now considered winning teams, at the time the Patriots played them, they were nowhere close. Case mm -hmm. like Houston would be the biggest, most obvious example of that. Like week one, they beat the Texans and like Deshaun Watson was like totally out of sorts. Like they weren't anywhere near the team that they are now, which is like a fairly formidable team. Same could be said for the Colts. Like, I don't know. Well, but the opposite could hold true in that. When they lost to the Jaguars, they were a good team, and now they're trash. Right. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. It just doesn't give me, I don't know, what stat could bring me any comfort. I mean, it's nice to know that they have a good percentage, winning percentage against yeah. winning like teams with good records. Uh, but I think some of it, not maybe not even a lot, but just some, enough to like torpedo this stat. I think yeah. the Houston game, the Colts game, like those are like real early season things that you know, I'm not taking them away from the Pats. I just don't know if the, let me put it this way. If the Colts and the Texans kept playing all season the way they were playing then, they wouldn't be winning teams. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know sure, what I mean? Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, Follow-up question. Yeah. Do you think the NFL needs to stop talking about strength of schedule before the season starts? Well, it's not the NFL that talks about it. It's like the writers sure. and the talking heads Do who people... like want to talk about something. Yeah. yeah, no. Strength of schedule should only be determined after seasons. Right. Never before. Because the league changes so much from yeah. year oh, to yeah. year. That it, you know, what a team was the year before is not. Yeah, I mean, it's any, a fun discussion. I mean, we'll have it next year. Yeah, of course, but like, we will, you know, but... whatever. Uh, all right, here's a. I got a couple holiday edition questions. Oh here. yeah, and we'll go through these fast. No need for long explanations. Okay. I'll try to re uh, resist. So, special holiday Christmas question is: uh, If you could give each Boston sports team a Christmas gift, uh, what would it be? Oh, uh, take a sport by sport. Yeah, we'll do team by team. All right, Patriots. Yeah. I would give them a quarterback of the future. I would agree. <laughs> I would also give them a shiny, young, dra highly drafted quarterback okay. uh, to uh, carry the mantle after Tom Brady retires. How about mm -hmm. the Red Sox? Um, I would give them a sustainable farm 
farm league that uh, Dave Dombrowski isn't trading away. Nice for win one. now. Nice players. one. I mean, they did win now. They did. They it. did. It worked. Uh, but, but that's a good one. Yeah. Replenish. Uh, replenish with the kids. Yeah. I'd give them a second baseman. <laughs> that's a good I, one that's too. That's like the one position oh, I don't think they have yeah. an answer for right now. A, a secondary president, I'd give them permission to cut Dustin Pedroia. Mm. Fucking get him out of here. Mm. Anyway. Uh, how about the Celtics? Oh my God. I'd give them health. <laughs> Good one. Wellness. Good one. Health and wellness. Uh, I'd give, this is sort of silly, I'd give them all max contracts <laughs> <laughs> so that everyone can stop playing like they just want to get a max contract. Looking at you, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Terry Rozier. So just, you got it. You got your money. Now just play as a team and win. Okay. How about the Bruins? Ooh, I would give them a scoring defenseman. Ooh, nice. I'd give them a scoring offenseman. <laughs> Or two. Well, uh, someone to someone on that second line. Let's go. Yeah. Come on. Well, I think first line's awesome. We know this. Yeah, but it's I, elite. I think what Cassidy should have done is kept Krejci on the first line and moved Bergeron to the second line. I agree. Even still. Yeah. Even it's, better. Once I get my yeah. uh, Christmas present a, winger. A third line. That'd be great. Yeah. All right. That was fun. That was fun. Here's some more holiday ones. Oh, okay. well, you do this one. All right. Uh, heading into the next holiday, mm -hmm. special edition New Year's question. Best and worst local sports moment of 2018. Uh, let's pick two because Super Bowl 52 and World Series 2018. Too obvious. Yeah, it seems like the yeah those are obvious high and low points. The yeah. Patriots losing earlier this year in the Ugh. Super Bowl and the Red Sox winning the World Series to me seem like obvious high and low points. So mm -hmm. other than that, I've got my high point. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I'm thinking. I'm still kind of knocking around my low point. But I... Uh, the the first round of both the NBA and NHL playoffs where mm. we had the dual the dual game sevens the Bucks game seven oh, and yeah. the uh, Maple Leafs game seven particularly the Maple Leafs one because that was just more dramatic of a game like yeah. the actual game itself uh, that was great I thought the Toronto series with uh, with the Bruins was fabulous it was sort of the first time we saw like you know Jake DeBrusque and these sort of like younger guys like Ryan Donato was in the mix then I can't remember with Matt whether McAvoy was hurt or not but. Probably. Whatever. I just remember that Jake DeBrus goal on, on like the breakaway room coming from the side. I don't know. It was awesome. That was a great game. So that was my other than the Red Sox winning the World Series. I mean, I could say also, I mean, another high point was the Red Sox beating the Yankees. Oh, that always feels good. Because that, I mean, we didn't, in hindsight now, we know that this team was an absolute wagon. But like that first round of the playoffs yeah. was like you had, you won the first game, but it felt like, you know, had they played a 10th inning, you would have lost. Remember that was like Chris Sale got the start, but then the bullpen was just leaking, leaking, leaking. Yeah, yeah. David Price gets shelled in game two. It's a, and it's a, and it's a five game series. So you they only got to win three. So like those two games in New York were like really nerve wracking. Craig Krimble loading the bases fucking every night. Like that was like, that was intense. So those are my two. Uh, yeah, I think those like <clears throat> competing NBA NHL playoff were like, so exciting mm -hmm. and did it like to watch how far the Celtics went with that like ragtag team felt pretty good like yeah. it, it was fun to see that um low points that's hard I guess I'm getting more positive I, I got another high one age. too okay go ahead the other highlight was uh the AFC championship game Patriots Jaguars yeah, that, yeah I was thinking Danny Amendola the final minute that was great great yeah, great yeah, great yeah. great Low point for me, the game seven against LeBron. I, w I was totally buying the... We can beat LeBron. We can beat LeBron thing. And we were winning that entire game. Like, mm. if you look at like, one of those charts of, like, who has the God, lead you when... you such a good memory. It was, like, <laughs> Celtics, 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 until the final two minutes of the game. Boop. Yeah. Caps. It was very... It was, it was 
Brady like. You know, it, it was it played out like that AFC Championship game with the Pats and the Jaguars, except we were the Jaguars. So like that sucked because I, I was totally I was like believing the hype at that time. I guess yeah, a high point then in the NBA would be LeBron going to sign with the Lakers. Ah, See you there later, you go. Buddy. That part of my answer to the next question. Oh, uh, yeah, another low. Yeah, I mean it's tough because I, I don't know why you have such a good memory. I can like distinctly remember things from like Brady not catching that fucking pass in the Super Bowl and then Nick Foles converting the same play. That was probably the lowest point of that game. Yeah, that was probably the get... lowest point of my entire 2018. Yeah. <laughs> Strong agree. Strong agree. Uh, what's another shitty thing that happened? I was on my honeymoon in Hawaii when that happened. For the Super Bowl? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's, I guess I remember that. There's no worse feeling than being away from new england when the yeah. patriots lose and realizing how much everybody hates the patriots oh, yeah. like literally everybody was cheering and screaming we ended up watching the game alone in our room because <laughs> it was just all philly fans and then like four people that were yeah, had like patriots they t-shirts on and we were like they probably weren't even philly no fans. they're not they're just they were not from patriots philly haters, in any yeah. way shape or form um all right so then final yeah. question yeah uh is uh it's about to be the new year and uh, I'd like to know, what are you most looking forward to in 2019? Perhaps overall, uh, and if you want to keep it within the topic of our podcast here, we can do that too. <laughs> um, I'm excited to see the Red Sox come back. I want to see, you know, particularly if someone like David Price has really gotten that kind of monkey off his back mm. in the playoffs. And like if that carries forward and like what kind of momentum they've built from that. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of moves the Patriots make in the offseason because I think this has been such a unique year for them and not kind of what we expect that there's a lot of things up in the air and I don't know that anybody's safe. So. Yeah, I, I uh, hard agree on the um, freaking Red Sox one. Yeah, uh, I'd love to see them try to go back to back. I think that would be wild. Yeah. Um, I think the last team I'm looking it up right Giants. now, last team to do, no, they didn't go back to back. I think they went every other back to back world series. I'm looking at it here. And apparently it's blue Jays, 92 and 93 Oof. before that was the Yankees in With 77, Clemens? 78. Um, no, that was Clemens, but I think we were still in the Red Sox at that at 92, but I, I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, that's one of my things. The other one that I'm looking forward to is a Celtics playoff run that does not involve LeBron James. Yeah. That'd for like great. basically my entire adult life. He's been in the way. He's been in the way or involved. Like in just so like there's two things. There's like the competitive angle, which is like, thank God he's gone. Cause like that gives you a better chance of winning, presumably. But also just like the narrative angle of it, like Celtics versus LeBron. I'm yeah. just tired of it, honestly. Like whether we win or lose, I was tired of it in 2010. You know, like, you know, because in the in the big three days, it was him on the calves. And then at the end of the big three days, it was him yeah, on the Miami. heat. Yeah. And he's back on the. It's just like, I'm really looking forward to a Celtics playoff run that unless they meet in the finals, which does not look like the like Lakers are that happen. good. And quite frankly, doesn't look like the, the Celtics are that good either necessarily. But, <laughs> you know, I'm just looking forward. It's a it's like a like a fret, brush of what am I trying to say? Breath of fresh air. Uh, to be able to look at the Celtics playoff thing and not have to worry about LeBron James. Well, that's it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, folks. It's been a fun 2018. Yeah. Uh, we look forward to continuing this silly little podcast in the new year. Yeah, and we'll see you in 2019. Happy New Year, everybody. Bye. See ya. Bye.